0: From the Surveyor Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Welcome back to How to Be a Top Producer on the Miami Real Estate Podcast, where we break down the highly effective habits of Miami's top entrepreneurs, thought makers, and visionaries. I'm Omar DeWint, a communications executive at Cervera Real Estate. Today, I have the honor of interviewing someone who brings new meaning to the phrase, 90 is the new 60. The one, the only, Alicia Cervera Sr., founder and chairman of Cervera Real Estate. Alicia, known as the queen of Brickell and Grand Dam of Miami Real Estate, has participated in every major Miami real estate cycle since she founded the firm in 1969. Together with her daughters Veronica and Alicia, the Severa name has exclusively represented and sold 115-plus condominiums, resulting in billions in sales and revitalized neighborhoods across the region, including Brickell, Downtown Miami, Edgewater, and Miami Beaches South of Fifth. Today, nearly 60 years since she first fled Cuba with her husband amidst political turmoil and arrived penniless in Miami. She's credited for having pioneered the modern day model for development, sales, and marketing, having opened Miami's door to the global brokerage community, and in the process, single-handedly proved that the American dream is not only alive, that it is well and thriving in this magic city. For these reasons, in 2016, the mayor of Miami declared October 18th Alicia Cervera Day in the city, proclaiming that no woman has had a larger impact on the development of Miami since Julia Tuttle founded the city in 1895. This 18th of October marks a two-year anniversary of this special date and the eve of Severa's 50-year anniversary, that's 5-0. This has helped us finally wrangle Alicia onto the show to share with us publicly for the first time her proven seven-step method for pre-construction sales success. So with that said, Alicia, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm very happy and honored to have you here. This really is a special occasion, as I mentioned, for many reasons. But one of them that was not in the intro is the uh, congratulations in order for your, the first of your fourth generation was born today. How about yes,
1: that? Yes, I was It was a very emotional feeling and a new beginning.
0: I can only imagine. So (laughs) I just coined this phrase say the hashtag fourth generation. So we're going to try to make that that a thing by the end of this week. So, um, Alisa, you have a very special story, a very special journey, as I mentioned. But please, could you share with us in your own words, um, sort of tell me a little bit about that story having arrived here and what you feel were some of the defining moments?
1: Well... As you know, I arrived in 1961 with my husband. I am myself Peruvian-born, and he's Cuban, because of the turmoil in the island. And when we arrived here, it was a change in our life completely. No? We arrived penniless, accustomed not to be penniless. <laughs> and uh, for a few years, I was almost in shock, adapting myself to a new culture. And uh, all of a sudden, it changed completely. And it's a coincidence that today was born a new baby in the family, and what changed me and adopt and realized that I will be in the United States and will be also my country is when I was had a son that was born in this country. All of a sudden, all my uh, how is, loose ends mm-hmm. come together, and I say I have to be, I have to realize that this is my country that I'm going to live here. Let me see what can I give back. <laughs>
0: So then just for context for our readers, so to be clear, when you arrived here with Don Javier Senior, uh, Veronica and Alicia Jr. were about Thir- six,
1: three and six years.
0: Three and six years old, and it wasn't until a couple years later, when Javier Jr. was born, yes, it sort of gave you that new strength and determination, right? It
1: was like uh, six or seven years afterwards. It okay. took me a time. So yes, that by So I, I think I am a late bloomer in relation to work because I started working <laughs> when I was thirty-nine years old. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, wow, thirty-nine. Yes. So better yes. late
0: than never. They yes. say. Huh? So
1: yes, I always give hope to people and say, but I am only, I am only 27, so twenty-seven, twenty-eight, I start working. And I I made it.
0: (laughs) So tell me a little bit about Miami in that time. What was happening there? It
1: was a very sleepy city. I don't know why all the glamour that we have seen in the Fontainebleau and Francinatra has disappeared. And it was very, very calm and very, uh, very, I will repeat myself, very sleepy. (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden, the Cuban influence changed that. I started music. I started playing in the streets, and the, the people from South America were very intrigued about this. Um, Cubans coming to, the, to to Miami and opening other type of venues, and, uh, and in three, four, or five years, you could see that this, uh, the city was blooming again. I was uh, it was uh, very lucky to be in Miami in that moment because you see a new. A new, a new S- liveliness, energy and, and energy. spirit, right?
0: Yeah. So there's a new energy in the city. Miami's coming alive. Um, you've realized now with with Javier Jr. being born that you know you you want to get back into the workforce at 39, as you say. So tell me about that process and what happened. Well,
1: I this I went to see your and I tried to get a job there, but they gave me a paper to fill an application. It was so complicated. <laughs> Social security, I don't know, a lot of things that I was not aware of them. So they didn't hurt me. Okay. <laughs> so I, I went home and I started saying, let me rethink myself. So I remember that I, re- I realized more than remember that my mother used to build houses in Peru. And for a woman born at the beginning of the last century, it was very unusual. And she was very good at that. And my father, who was an intellectual, helped her, help her in the mathematical part, in the, in the thing of making numbers and seeing things were going to be work out profitable. Mm-hmm. And so I said, let me see what I can do in the city that is growing, that is changing, and that so many new people are coming. So I went, I took my exam in the in uh, this new University of uh-huh. Miami, I was able to pass, but I had my doubts because I was the last person to leave the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every other person that was giving the exam left before me, but I was able to it. I was able to make it, and I started working in real estate in 1969. Wow! And uh, I realized that I liked it a lot, um, even though selling, in my mind, had been like uh, a taboo because mm-hmm. my father, who was, just uh, didn't like salespeople. Okay. I don't know why, but he didn't like salespeople. And he they was were the, the, the ambassador pushy.
0: to uh, the yes, UN. correct? Yes, he, Peru. he was
1: ambassador to the UN. He was a diplomat, not by career but by appointment. The president sure. of Peru uh, sent him to a place when he was needed. Okay. Because he really, by career, he was a professor. He, he was an honorable professor in Stanford University. Interesting. Yes, he never taught there, but honorable. no. And in, in Peru, which was one of the most um, old universities in the continent, sure. San Marcos, he was an a professor there. And he says... Uh, uh, that uh, when he was in front of a salesperson, uh-huh. he was uh, afraid that he might buy something that he didn't want, that okay. personality would take him over. So I had that very much in my mind, and I always have been very careful not to push anybody to buy something that they really don't want and that it's not going to to be for them a, a, a step forward, sure. uh, not a step forward. So I think that that perception of him helped me to be very sincere in my interest in the business, mm-hmm. and it reflects in the appreciation of the people that have always demonstrated me. I am very grateful of uh, when I met somebody from the beginning of my career to today, mm-hmm. how how nice things they have to, to tell me.
0: So that's lesson number one for you guys out there, and it wasn't on the list, but don't force somebody to buy something that they don't necessarily want or need,
1: Yeah. right? Yeah.
0: So um mrs. Severi there's a, a key defining moment here in, in your story in your history when um, that's Mr. Hemsley, you read in the paper that he's purchased the land off Brickle Avenue, correct? Yes. So tell me about that that time and what and how what happened there.
1: I read that Mr. Hemsley has bought the, in that time he was the the tycoon of real estate mm-hmm. in New York, he and, and the beautiful wife and uh, I say. Let me do something out of my... uh,
0: Uh, Out of your comfort zone? Outside of the box, right? Outside of the box. Sure.
1: I am going to write him. Okay. He was a billionaire. I was a very poor immigrant at the time. Sure. And I wrote him a letter saying that who I was Mm -hmm. and what I could do for him. Okay. I say I have an experience with the people around the world because of the job that my father held for so many years. I know the, f- the different mentalities in people. And I was surprised because uh, as soon as he received the letter, three or four days afterwards, he, wrote, he called me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the secretary told me, Mr. Henderson, we'd like to speak with you. and He made an appointment with me in Palm Beach with my wife. And we went there, and I got the job. After talking to him. Wow. And uh, it was a $65 million job. And I have to be grateful also to my teacher uh, in real estate because he always keeps saying, important things are the listings. Mm-hmm. I say, well, these important things are the listing. Why am I going to go for a listing of 300000 or 30000 in mm-hmm. that time? Let me go for a six for a listing. And this was right. a $65 million listing. So I am. I have to be grateful to him for that uh, That thing that he always was very persistent. The listings are the important thing, the listings. <laughs> right.
0: And so, and so the, I think part of the, correct me if I'm wrong, part of what was interesting to Mr. Hemsey, right, was that you were proposing a different sort of model approach to selling the yes. listing, correct?
1: Yes. One of the things that uh, I have realized while seeing... Selling, trying to sell apartments in in developments that were starting to to come up in Miami, is that they didn't have any 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 know how how to sell to the foreigners. Sure. Yes, they didn't know even. The, I was surprised that many of the people, the in-house people, didn't know that that different countries had different names for their for their monedas. Mm-hmm. For the currency, currency yeah. for the currency, uh, some people <laughs> are called uh, sucre, the other one is called peso, and insignificant uh, and things like that. Like the important things, they you don't know the capitals of, of of many of the countries. And I had that, that training from my father, that I knew all those things. Mm-hmm. So I say, these people are really. I want to do a real estate company that. Uh, which uh, caters to those people. Sure. And I started my Cervera Real Estate, and my favorite was that I was going to dedicate to, uh, to a platform, a new mm-hmm. platform with these new ideas to present it to the developers.
0: Once again, you're listening to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest in the studio, the one and only Alicia Severa Sr., founder and chairman of uh, Severa Real Estate, also known as the Queen of Brickle and the Grand Dam of Miami Real Estate. So Alicia, thanks for sharing with us your backstory. You have seven keys to success, tried and true principles uh, for selling pre-construction. Please do me the honor of walking us through them.
1: Well, as uh, as we have mentioned, the first is greeting. Mm-hmm. I think it's very. I think it's very important the way you say hello to a person. It opens. The relationships at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The other one, it's a it's a presentation.
0: Presentation. You okay. had
1: to to know very well the product that you're representing. Mm-hmm. And in the presentation, I always qualify I always um, go t- goes together with the qualification. Okay. When you're presenting the building and saying all the qualities of the building and all the locations of mm-hmm. the building and all the good things that has the building, you start also qualifying your buyer to see what sh- what thing. If they're going to like a floor, like a high floor, a low floor, a two-bedroom, a three-bedroom.
0: So help me understand that then in, in the context now. So one thing is greeting, obviously, when they come in building the rapport. Yes. The presentation, too, is understanding the product and knowing how to deliver the product. But the qualification, so how are the ways that you qualify a buyer? Is what they're looking for is if they're qualified? You so to- ask the
1: right questions. You're asking how many people in the family. Okay. Not qualifying how, how big the apartment they need. You ask them uh, if uh, they have an interest in the high floors. Sure. Some people tell you, I'm afraid of heights, or I love heights. So you start asking, are you going to use it as a second home, as a first home? And things also, and then you resource also, to say being a little bit more subtle to see how much they work, can pay for an apartment. Okay. If, they, if they are for ten million dollars, or if they are for one million dollars, or for three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. that's very important because people are uh, are. To, shy telling you I cannot afford this or I can afford it. Uh-huh. Some people are afraid to say I can't afford anything, and some people are afraid the other way around.
0: So, actually, I have to ask you, since you're here and you're like the queen of doing, you know, all these, the, the salesmanship, so what is the subtle way to, how does one do that subtly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes, if this subtle way is a direct way. Okay. How much do you want to spend? <laughs> okay, there's one. <laughs> Sure. But not asking him how much money do you have to spend. Okay. It yes. makes all the difference. How much do you want to spend? Mm-hmm. Do you want to, to do that? So it's a it's a, it's a subtle way sure. of not being subtle. You know? Right. I <laughs> like are, it. I
0: like it. <laughs> okay. So is there anything else involved in the qualification?
1: Yes, I think there is a lot of if uh, if um, uh, talking with the people, you can see what do they like more. Okay. If they are people that like the sports. There are like people that want to go to a nice restaurant. So you start emphasizing. Or they want, they're looking for a place that has a hospital that will attend them. Mm-hmm. So you start also qualifying... What do they like? Sure. And, when they, you, and when they ask you and they tell you that, for instance, they are great fans of tennis, you start talking about many places in Miami that where you can play tennis. Mm-hmm. And you can start starting that after, after recently in Kibis Kane, everybody that is anybody exam, yeah. tennis was here. And if they say anything, or, or basketball, or if they like music, you, start, you can just start, start, you start talking about the the, the, the art music center scene and, yeah. the, the, that we have one of the of best. Yes, the ballet say, I and, the, ballet ballet symphony, and you know. the city. So, if you, but to, to somebody that doesn't like ballet or the theater, you should not talk to them about it. Sure. Or somebody that doesn't like tennis. So you have to qualify also the people by asking different subtle questions. Again, subtle. You can be direct. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you, well, I have uh, to give yeah. you
0: actually <laughs> a um, a. A sort of um, a congratulations, a pat on the back for oh, an inspiration that you gave me with that concept, which was our market snapshot that we put on our Severo blog. It's a weekly recap because you told me one day the best realtor can talk to their client about anything, right? From who who won the um, the political. Um, the political um, um, runoff to uh, who won the Oscars yes. last night, right? Of
1: course. Imagine, imagine if you entered it, uh, into today, somebody entered from Brazil, and mm-hmm. you don't know that elections are going to be in Brazil next Sunday. Mm-hmm. You, you are not uh, forming a relationship yeah. with a person. Yeah. And I yeah. always say that part of what you're th- doing your presentation and your qualification, you are doing one of the best things that you can do in real estate is gaining the trust of the people. Of course. And how do you know how gain trust? You gain trust up the but about linking between some in some sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You like to, to 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 cook very well. Right. And so they start changing recipes. I had one girl that I started working with me and she said, Alisa the first time I was with you I say we're setting up a permanent. What are talking about? The Egypt <laughs> and uh, uh, and the pyramids in Egypt. What are you talking about? That I realized that the man was has just traveled and have been there, so I start traveling and to gain the trust of the people, you start. Mm-hmm sharing things with you the, the, You're right. human beings after all. You know, and you're are you, not robots. As <laughs> you <laughs> say, it's the human side, the, the personal the, touch. The personal touch, right? To, to gain the trust, which is something that you must be doing while you do your qualification and your, and also showing the the, the presentation, the and, and qualification. the presentation. So, yes. assuming
0: you do those right, then you're ready to talk about pricing, right? That's yes.
1: next on the list. Yes, pricing comes together with opportunity. no mm-hmm. you have to know very well. T- Why these prices? I bought once a a book about how to pricing and how to defend your prices. Okay. And I think that was so interesting. I don't know if I have the time here to tell you about <laughs> my, my in Boeing you, story. <laughs> the man that was going to buy a Boeing plane okay. or a plane with another name. That
0: sounds like an interesting yes, story.
1: Uh, and uh, the, this is justifying prices. no? And the, my, the people that uh, I talk to them, myself, people that I talk to them, they say it's a great thing for them to to learn how to, to stand for the prices. Okay. Because everybody wants to say, oh, it's so expensive, you know. <laughs> nobody says it's, that's very cheap. No, nobody mentions cheap. And uh, this thing is, the man was going to buy a, a, a plane. Uh-huh. So he went to Boeing, and the plane in the Boeing, it was a small plane, it was like 500000 uh-huh. And then he went to another place, and the, uh, this, the plane for four seats, and very similar, was only 375000 Okay. So I says well, I'm going to, to buy the other plane. So he went back to the Boeing and I said, listen, I said, that you were so... Nice with me that I want just to tell you that I find something much more uh, the price is much much better. Sure. I say, what are you telling me? Much better? Yes. It's a uh, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Have they told you how much millage do they have by the gas? I say, well, well uh, let me see it. Oh, yes, the points is it really uh, uses, uh, uses yeah. a lot of. It. Have they told you? It's your right to an airport, and you have you had you need a new. A new
0: a ba- a, a part, a maintenance
1: and part, that they don't have it, that probably you have to stay in an hotel for three days, while Boeing has many parts in every airport in the world. Sure. And uh, you tell you that, that, and the man says, stop, I am going to buy the Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> So, I think that's That's a good one. So, it's all relative.
0: You know, it's easy to see a price just on face value and think one is cheaper than the other, but in reality.
1: Yes, and that's something that I tell the people because I say when you're going to to sell something, Uh you have to be convincing never saying a lie. The most that you can do is exaggerate the truth. Never lie. <laughs> you have to be truthful to, to, to your statements, And to be truthful, you have to gain knowledge because mm-hmm. if you don't have knowledge, how can you be truthful if you don't know something? You know?
0: Right. And what do you think is one of the biggest, um, I guess, when you're talking about pricing, one of the biggest mistakes uh, a realtor will make when dealing with a customer or vice versa that, that you see often?
1: Well, I think that they get somebody sometimes intimidated.
0: Okay. And
1: the worst worst thing is not to get intimidated in life. Because if you get intimidated in life, you don't do the right things. Mm -hmm. You start doing the wrong things. So The Power of Intimidation is another book that I read (laughs) many times. That was wonderful, you know? And I think that when somebody says, this is too pricey, or somebody says, I am in a hurry, Mm -hmm. they say, I want a presentation, but I am running. Remember that he is in a hurry. You are not. You Mm -hmm. have all the time to do your representation. And many times that people that told you that he's in a hurry, stay three hours or four hours with you. Interesting. Yes. And it happens a lot. It happens and happens again.
0: I like that. I like that one. So, okay, so we've talked about greeting, presentation, qualification, and pricing. Now, let's assume all of these things have fallen into place and we found a good price. I loved your presentation. You qualified me. So tell me about financing. What's what's next up?
1: Well, right now, you know, a lot of people are paying up to fifty percent in the new constructions. Mm-hmm. So financing has transformed itself a little bit in method of payment. How do you do the? How do you pay the fifty percent upfront that they are asking many, many, many mm-hmm. constructions? And uh, you go that you have to use. A lot of one of the ingredients that I find that is very good what you are selling is to be flexible. Okay. In the method of payment, you have to to say what the developer wants, but you have to demonstrate that there is some flexibility. Don't put the 50% up front, don't put put 20% up front and the other 10% and start... Uh, in your steps going in that direction, mm-hmm. you have to see the face of the people to see if they feel comfortable. And mm. uh, because some people, for instance, they tell me at the end of the year I sell a lot of toys because my my industry is on the toy business. Sure. And so you say I will. And now we are in April, so I think that from here to to the December, even though there are lots of moons, I will. Be You'd, uh, sure that prefer to move the, the next. Um, the next step. Too. A, so you have to be to study what are the 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 possibilities of sure. each person doing. Or some people are getting bonus. Or, uh, or some people are closing their 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 year of your, their corporation. Mm-hmm. You have to realize all those things when you are talking about financing and the flexibility of the down payment. Right, because it's a
0: huge, you know, yes. a huge investment, a yes. huge, you know, life decision. And so, don't be yes. so rigid with the black and white. Just like for opportunities. don't be
1: so rigid. And you have qualified people, and you you know, and then also when they sign something, mm-hmm. you can take it to the developer, and you have time to investigate more, you know, to mm-hmm. see how if he's he's through that. He's from Brazil and not from, from Pakistan or sure. somewhere like <laughs> or
0: somewhere <else>. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Pakistan. That's like
1: That's a yes. no, it's a great country. No, it's nothing wrong to be in Brazil either. Right, right, it right. Is right. From- and uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're having fun here today. So, he yeah, said, "Tell me about um, the next step. Is the contract situation?" Yes,
1: I always tell the, 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 my agents mm-hmm. that all these points that we have discussed are on only forty-five percent. Mm. At the most, fifty okay the, the the thing that uh, that makes you a closer and mm. i don't know if you understand my term closer a closer yeah
0: always be closing that's the motto of our kickball team
1: okay.
0: <laughs> that's okay. our kickball team <laughs> okay so what when makes you, go you a closer?
1: closer i think it's when you start helping the people to make the decision of what they want, okay. to find out what they want, not what you want, but what they want, help them realize what they want. And mm. that happens in the in the presentation of the contract. You have a contract in front of them, and you say, are you going to put it in the name of a corporation, mm-hmm. or it's going to be your name? And then they, 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 they start thinking, well, this is she meant business, no, because you're mm-hmm. starting, what what name are you going to put here? Mm-hmm. And then you go step by step, uh, and you go to the method of payment again. You go to, to, to the location of the apartment. You like the Norris view. You like the, the, the middle of the building, or you like the building. And you start taking step by step, almost by the hand, mm-hmm. to the people. But remembering always that it's not your decision. It's their right. decision. You are only giving a service. Real estate, as I always say, is a service. Mm-hmm. So you are servicing them to get what they want. Right. Not what you want, but what they want. And then, and, then, and that's what's so delicate. And so you have to be really professional to do right. that. And the many people in real estate, they never arrive to the closing point. And then they have to, to retire of the profession. But to give this step... To, uh,
0: Do you is there is there one reason over another that you you think why they don't get to the closing point?
1: They don't get about it. yes. I think that they, there are a lot of reasons they don't get out the the people the sales people get intimidated by the contract. By but, the contract, uh, yes, they okay. get intimidated by the contract. Contracts are long, you know, and you have to to get friendly with the contract yourself. Mm-hmm. So in that way, you can sell it in a friendly way also. Sure. It's a, it's a, everything in the contract is to protect you mm-hmm. because they they say that all the clauses there are to protect you. If the building is not finished, you will return your money. If the method of payment is nice, not like that, you have 15 days to take it to your lawyer and to read it. So everything in the contract is friendly for the people. They say the lawyer has done it to, to protect the, mm-hmm. the buyer and the seller. I'm many times more the seller than the buyer. Right. Yes. So to, if you as a real estate don't realize that, that you're with a friendly paper or a prelude that is going to help you instead to hurt you, you don't go to the next step.
0: Interesting. So the contract is your friend. That's a new one. We haven't heard that one uh, here yet. I like that. And what's a good way to get friendly or familiar with the contract? Obviously, you have to study it. You Rine. have to
1: study You have to, to realize every step of it. And you don't have... And one of the things that, that uh, I'm going to tell you something funny because we're Please. talking so seriously. <laughs> one of the things that I, the first, one of the things that I learned from somebody that was teaching people to sell. Um, Real estate. English classes. Oh, English class. classes! Okay. Yes. I was, uh, I was in that in that conference, or I met this person, and he told me two or three things in real estate <laughs> that were funny. Says, first of all, Alicia, she told me, you have to t- sit down in a position that you're a little taller. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you have to sit down like that. Right. Then the other thing, when they ask you something, for instance, how many people can fit into the swimming pool, and you don't know the answer, or how many people are comfortable in the in the elevator. You say, Do you like a cup of coffee? <laughs> and then you have time to, to, for them right, to forget the, the question. Yeah. <laughs> Many times they forget the question, or it's not time to, to, to check. Right, you right. Can, they are not going to forget you You step out to bring to yeah. somebody bring the coffee and things like that, also. So never say no, always find a way. To, to to gain time. Uh, yeah, to, to transition or to pivot. Yes, yeah, yes, gain, yes, time yes, yes, to gain time. Buy yourself some time.
0: I like that. Yes, <laughs> Would yes. you like some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 6 in the afternoon. Would you like some coffee? Yes. Um, okay, great. So very good. So the last step is the check.
1: The check, getting the check.
0: That's the, that's the finish line, yes, right?
1: Yes, yes. 30, I will put 50 points at the beginning of 45, 30 to the contract, to uh-huh. the contract, make it friendly, make it, I want it, I want it now. I would say that you have trust, which is the presentation, how do you do your thing, then you have help. Mm-hmm. And then in, the, in this part of uh, getting the check, you have to work with the need. I want it. I want it now.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: The urgency, <laughs> I right? urgency, yeah. I, I really need it. You know, so you go and say, yes. Imagine in the afternoon with this, when the sunset comes, you can have here a martini or a cup of coffee whatever they like. You mm-hmm. have to know what they like. And I start saying, and this piece of furniture that you mentioned, it fits perfectly here. You make them feel that they're there inside apartment, that they belong to you, and then you all of a sudden say, are you going to wire the money, or are you going to give me a check? I like that. You start talking about the way that they are going to make the payments.
0: Right, now, whether or not they're going to make it, how they're going to make it.
1: Never ask a question, and the answer is going to be no. Ask a question, two questions. Are you going to put it in your name, or are you going to put it in the name of a corporation? Are you going to wire me the money, or are you going to give me a check? I like it. Yes, nothing... Because if you say, are you going to wear me in the morning? perhaps the people say, no, I am still thinking about it. <laughs> right. But then you put your mind in thinking about two decisions that they have to make. Mm. Not to buy or not to buy, but to send a check or to... Or to <laughs> right.
0: So it's a, it's already believed um, yes. its outcome, right? Yes, yes, We're yes, just yes, figuring
1: yes. out how to get there. Yes, it. yes. Instead of buying or not buying, you're putting it, it's going to be my corporation or it's going to be my name. <laughs> and I
0: like the other part of that that you mentioned in terms of the romance, the emotional, you know, the martini or the furniture. It's helping them already picture themselves in yes.
1: in, the, yes. in the in the property. Then, yes, or if, if, if people like to cook the kitchen, you know, if they, people like uh, to put, uh, cuadros. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, the frames, art, artwork.
1: Artwork. Then you start talking about the walls where you can put your artwork. It is entrance, it's a corridor. You can put here your. Whatever frames. Yeah.
0: So, you know, as I'm listening to That's all these... That's why it's so
1: important, qualify the person, you know? Yes. It's going to to help you to the end. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. And as I'm hearing you go through these these seven steps, because I never actually heard your, your seven steps before, I can see that your, your father definitely influenced you influenced you in a good way because all, through, all throughout the process, nothing I heard was a hard sell. It's really about how to navigate and bring the person through, but also educating them while also playing to the emotional aspect of the sale, which is a, by the end of it, they want it. You're not saying you need it. you are saying I want it. Right? And,
1: and you have to analyze, analyze yourself also. Mm-hmm. For instance, I had a friend once a few years back <laughs> mm-hmm. when I was starting, that she came here and I didn't want to have the responsibility of selling something to her. And I was not, I didn't good, do a good service and I felt ashamed, and so next morning I called her and said, "Calling you to, to excuse myself because I didn't do a good work for you. I was not." really paying attention to what you need but was feeling about responsibilities and things like that and and i think that this is what's convenient for you and this is what you should buy and this is good for these reasons and for the other reasons and i made the search you know i made the sell because i studied myself what i was doing wrong mm-hmm. because many times you do things wrong for different things you you perhaps uh, uh, that day is not the best day in, in, for you sure for instance, today I will not be able to sell anything because I am so. <laughs>
0: with,
1: the, <laughs> with my with granddaughter, joy, my grandson. And it's buena, by the way. I've been waiting uh, to yes, say that. Yes. <laughs> I already sent a message saying it's as beautiful as me. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: That's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that one. So, Nalisa, um, I'm going to let you get going because I'm sure there's a lot of celebrating to be done. It's a it's a busy week. But before I do let you go, two things. Um, number one, I just want to say personally, on a personal note, that it is a true honor and a pleasure to work with you every day and to have you here in the office. You truly are an inspiration, not only to myself, but to, I'm sure, hundreds and thousands of people here. So I just want to really say that this every. Part of of the work and the job with you there is amazing, and I love it. And I love you for that. Um, but but the second thing is to to take us out. Um, I always ask our guests to leave us with a positive message, a positive um, thought for our listeners out there. So for you today, I'm going to ask that you leave us a message for our for the fourth generation. Not only um, is it Juan, Juan Mateo, right? It's Juan Mateo yeah. for Juan Mateo and the fourth generation of realtors that are out there. Um, give us your parting thoughts um, on, on on today, the real estate market, and the future of Miami real estate.
1: Well, there is uh, something that I think that um, I invite one day one of my realtors that was a very good realtor and was declining. I said, what do you think is the best quality to make a good sell, not to make a sale? And she started telling me qualification and all the steps and everything. I said, well, I said, say, no, 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 no. I said, well, but you have told me those things. I say, but when you came to me, I heard you. I, I say that I would like to work with you because you have enthusiasm. I think that I will say to everybody that enthusiasm is one of the biggest things that uh, can that you can, will have to benefit you. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when you go to church, for instance, if you go to church or you go to, to something and the people say, yes, because God is very good. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. <laughs> yes, because God is very good. You know, right. you have to put the enthusiasm in so you don't get bored because people get bored. And one of the things that uh, when you're selling something, you have to get away from school. Because every time that you start, like, teaching, you're going to lose yourself. Mm-hmm. So remember that this is not school. This is a service completely out of school. And the other thing that I always say to, to, to everybody,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that uh, imagination is what moves the world. Said, Einstein used to say that without imagination, he said, knowledge is fine, but imagination is the true value of being successful. It's a nice quote. And Napoleon, Napoleon, if you say, if you have imagination, you will dominate the world. It's a word of, the, of Napoleon also. Interesting. See? So I think that don't lose your imagination. Always work in your imagination, work on that, and you will be different and you will be successful.
0: So imagination and enthusiasm. There you have it from uh, the, the grand dam of Miami real estate, the queen of Brickle, Alicia Cervera Sr. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you had fun. I hope I, you enjoyed uh, it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am not a great speaker like my daughters. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> but anyway.
0: All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you. And uh, come back soon. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and we certainly enjoyed making it. We hope you will come back. We've got some more great content dedicated to informing, intriguing, and inspiring Miami real estate professionals. Where can you find us? We're on the podcast store wherever podcasts are available. That's iTunes, of course. We're also on Podbean, Spotify. Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can even ask Alexa about us. Go ahead and visit servera.com/blog. That's where our newsroom is located. We've got some more great content there as well. Market reports and more. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Connect with us on social at servera_re or send us an email: miami real estate podcast at servera.com. We would love to hear from you. So, from all of us here in Miami, where the future is always bright. Until next time.